Well, hello there. Time again for the Florida Roundtable. Did you know that people are out there hungry and they may not even be aware of programs that are available to them to get the food they need? We're going to talk about that and the SNAP programs. We'll also be discussing testicular cancer because April is Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. Some information you might need to know. Distracted driving. It's not just about your cell phone. We're going to find out a lot more about that as we talk about April being Distracted Driving Awareness Month. Hey, you know what? These after-school and summer programs are awesome for our kids. How do you get them in your district? Title I schools? We're going to find out a lot more as we talk to the After School Alliance Executive Director and the National 4-H Council Executive Director. All that's coming up on the Florida Roundtable. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. 800-398-0651-800-398-0651-800-398-0651. That's 800-398-0651. Life happens. Getting married, moving, new baby, loss of health insurance. If you had a life-changing event, you may qualify for a special enrollment period in the health insurance marketplace. Visit healthcare.gov and see if you qualify. Need help? A navigator from Covering Florida can help you through the process and find the best plan for you and your family. Visit coveringflorida.org or call 1-877-813-9115 to make an appointment. Assistance is always free and confidential. By working in the long-term care profession, you can be a part of changing others' lives while changing your own. You can help Florida's most vulnerable residents, seniors, and people with disabilities receive the care they need and deserve. In turn, you'll have tremendous opportunities to grow professionally and experience a rewarding lifelong career. Choose to work where bettering the lives of others betters you and make a positive impact on the lives of those who need it the most. Visit careers.fhca.org and apply for a position today. When it comes to taking care of your acreage, don't mess around. Toro Zero Turn Mowers cut big yards down to size in less time. So you can spend more time hunting, fishing, or just enjoying the day. Built with comfort-enhancing, productivity-boosting features like My Ride Suspension that take the ache out of acreage. Massive rear-drive tires for ultimate traction and ultra-durable iron-forged cutting decks you can rely on for years to come. Bowl through anything that dares get in your way. Toro, count on it. Visit toro.com slash zero turn to find yours. Yes, it is the Florida Roundtable and got a wonderful guest with us today taking on a problem that we may or may not actually believe is out there, but people are hungry. There is a hunger crisis and it's estimated that more than 4 million eligible Latinos who are hungry are not enrolled in SNAP or any of these food source programs. With that in mind, I've got a special guest, Alejandra Gep. She's with uh, the health programs director for Unidos USA. Uh, I'm sure I pronounced that badly, but that is what I do, Alejandra. So um, tell us about the SNAP program and tell us who is eligible. The Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, also known as SNAP, formerly the Food Stamp Program, is available to help uh, individuals and families put food on the table 
and to eat a little better, especially during uh, talk time. Um, SNAP is simply the nation's largest food assistance program um, that is funded by our hard uh, taxes we paid into the, the system. And SNAP helps working families save money um, to purchase uh, healthier uh, food, for example, fruits, vegetables, meats, uh, even bottled water for individuals and families with children, with babies. Um, baby, they can buy baby food, such as formula, cereals. Um, which allow them to supplement, uh, to, to put more food on the table, healthier food on the table um, for their um, children. Eligibility, Melissa, is primarily based on income resources and the size of the household. And I'm going to provide some specific examples for Florida. Okay. If you are a family of three that earn um, that earns at most three thousand six hundred sixty dollars per month, that is three thousand six hundred sixty dollars per month per month, um, you may be eligible for um, a SNAP. Um, and you will receive approximately $520 a month in benefits. Um, for families that are a little larger, for example, for family of five, they may receive, um, they may still apply to, for a nap and receive um, about uh, a little above $748 a month in, in benefits. And for the listeners who are tuning in um, today, the benefits uh, vary by state, by state. That's why I'm a little hesitant to give sometimes uh, these figures. But if you, um, if you, you want to find out whether you are eligible or not, there are several ways to find out. Okay, tell us One, those ways, please. Um, yeah, um, so for Florida, you can call uh, 1-850-300-4323. I repeat, one 850 We've been talking with Alejandra Gep. She's the public health professional that we are talking to about getting Latinos into the SNAP program and helping them access more food. Nobody should go hungry. Alejandra, thank you so much for joining us today on the Florida Roundtable. Thank you so much for having me. Take care.
Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call the low-cost airline Travel Hotline now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. Call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. Looking to make your garden fresh and new this spring? Quality Green Specialists in DeLand has what you're looking for. Fancy shrubs, large trees like magnolias and hollies, beautiful flowers like supertunias and azaleas, olives, citrus, peaches, blueberries, vegetables and herbs too. Enjoy gardening at its best. Select from our quality fertilizers and organics like azomite. Great plants, sustainable products. Friendly expert advice. 335 West Michigan Avenue, DeLand and online at qualitygreenspecialist.com. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, Emmy Award-winning actor, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping side saddle down a countryside road on a horse named Archie Bello, who seems to have only one speed, high. And pulling on his reins only seems to encourage him to go even faster. So, of course, my body hurts and my joints ache, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Oh, Archie Bello! Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. As soon as this scene wraps, I'm going to kiss the ground, thank Archie Bello for his outstanding performance, feed him a carrot, and visit brainhealth.gov. Find out how you can make the most of your brain as you age at brainhealth.gov. Back in December, the U.S. Surgeon General issued a sobering warning about the mental health of America's youth, noting that rates of anxiety and depression, even sadness, very, very high before the pandemic, and then COVID-19 came around and made it even worse. After school, summer programs, all these things that provided academic support, hands-on learning opportunities, what? They're everywhere and we need to take advantage. So with that in mind, we've got a couple of gals here who are going to help us out. We've got Jody Grant. She's the executive director of the After School Alliance. Welcome, Jody. Thank you. Happy to be here. And we've got Jenner, Jen, and we've got Jennifer Serangelo. And Jennifer leads the National 4-H Council. Hello, Jennifer. Hello. So tell me about this study that the After School Alliance did, this After School Promotes Healthy Futures. What did they find, Jody? So, um, so this study could not have um, been released at a more, uh, at a more essential time because what we found is that the positive youth development that after school programs have always been doing um, is really essential to a child's holistic well-being and that parents recognize that that they want their kids to be having fun, to be with caring adults, to feel safe, to feel like they belong, um, and to feel like they have meaning and opportunities to interact with other kids. So as we look at this real crisis we're having in childhood depression, anxiety, um, reported sadness, um, parents um, have let us know that they absolutely see after school as a big part of the solution. Yeah, I would think so. So after-school programs, very important right now for children and youth. Tell me why, though. Tell me a little bit more. What are the kids getting out of this stuff? 
Well, I'd be happy to share a little bit about that. I, um, 4-H is one of the, the larger youth development organizations in the country, and we're run by, it's run by the nation's cooperative extension program, and it's available to parents in every county and zip code in the country. And we build, through positive youth development, we build those critical life skills like teamwork and hard work and resilience and equip young people with the tools they need to really mitigate the effects of the anxiety, stress, and challenges that we find in our world today. So those safe spaces really create belonging for young people and give them positive relationships with caring adults. So that's what happens in 4-H. I love 4-H. How is that uh, doing? Now, are you, where are you guys out of? Um, are you in Washington, D.C.? Jody is, right? I am in Washington, D.C. All right. And National 4-H Council is also located here in Washington, D.C., but 4-H is, you know, out uh, in every county in zip code. So how do we get the children or perhaps the parents of these kids involved in more of these after-school uh, programs, which obviously help build character and deal with, you know, the emotions and the anxieties and all this. How do we get more people involved? So, so I would say one of the things our survey has shown is that, you know, the real problem is we're not meeting the demand. So you've got the parents of 25 billion kids who want these programs for their children, but either um, they don't exist in their community or they do, but they have a wait list. Um, they're too expensive. They lack transportation. So I think it's, it's imperative that we address um, those barriers. And, of course, we need, you know, federal, state, and local policymakers to step up, um, local philanthropic um, organizations to step up. Um, but we also just need um, people who understand, particularly parents, the value these programs have to go to their school boards and, um, and ask for them. And right now, and this is incredibly exciting, um, after-school programs really stepped up during the pandemic. I think that the value that they always um, contributed was noticed because they were, you know, doing visits to make sure kids were okay. They were providing content virtually throughout the day. Many of them started serving kids that could not be learning virtually at home because the schools were closed. So they do virtual learning and then have in-person enrichment. And when Congress passed its most recent COVID legislation, um, some of the education dollars were specifically earmarked to recovery and specifically mentioned that after-school programs were an evidence um, proven way. And our study shows that and school districts can partner with a 4-H doesn't have to happen in the school building to provide um, after school and summer learning programs to reach more kids. I mentioned earlier and we're talking with Jody Grant. She's the executive director of the After School Alliance, which is a nonprofit public awareness and advocacy organization. And we've got Jennifer Serangelo and she leads the National 4-H Council and we're all familiar with 4-H. We've all heard about them. But let me understand how after-school and summer programs will help these students who have uh, mental health issues, maybe anxiety, or they're feeling isolated or depressed. How do you reach that child in these programs? Well, we do that in positive youth development programs like 4-H. We really help build that emotional strength um, by helping them find purpose, uh, finding their voice, what they care about, giving them meaningful leadership roles, 
and helping them become engaged and giving back to their community. So that's done through 4-H clubs, through uh, their 4-H camp experience. They might do an overnight or a day camp. And in those programs, while they're doing the fun stuff we know about, you know, learning to code or taking care of an animal or photography or robots, they're also, you know, they're finding their spark. They're exploring things they might not, in a safe place. They don't get graded on the things they do in after school. So they can try and fail and say, I do or I don't like that. And that kind of exploration, that kind of experiences are really associated in the research with beneficial outcomes like um, giving back to their community, like resilience, like building confidence, um, and giving them the ability to withstand um, ups and downs, you know, successes and failures. Wow. I think I like it. I think I want to be a kid again so I can go to these after-school programs and, and become more socialized and a better person. Honestly, the social connections that these groups make, and, and I'm just kidding a little bit because I'm very familiar. I was in 4-H, did Big Brothers, Big Sisters, part of the Boys Club, any and all activities out there. Because uh, when I was coming up, I, ha I still have ADHD, Well, they wanted to find things for me to do. And uh, how do you deal with that? Do you deal with any <laughs> behavioral issues like me? <laughs> do you find a good outlet for these kids? Well. Right, right. Well, that's the role of those local caring adults, you know. They get to know young people and meet them where they are. And I'm sure that's what happened in your 4-H club and if you're big and, um, you know, at your at your boys club. Um, and that's what the, Jody and I, one of the things we probably love the most is really advocating for the, the career trajectory and the you know, investment in the positive youth development professionals, the thousands of them that are out there running these after-school programs every day. Um, we talk a lot about teachers, and there's a lot of focus on teachers, which is important and extremely important, and so are youth development professionals. Where can people and, find And them? I would oh. say, and we have... Re Go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, it's, you know, you... Oh, no, I just wanted to say for... for, for kids and adults that have um, challenges to learning in a classroom, like those of us that can't sit still, um, <laughs> after school is a place where those challenges are actually often um, real pluses. And that you find, um, and reports that um, students that have learning disabilities, those same disabilities are strengths um, in a different environment where you may not have to be sitting down all the time. You can be up, engaged, and following a passion project. Or if you have dyslexia, you're working on something that doesn't involve reading. Um, so I think it's, you know, it's a real tribute to, you know, being able to explore things, get out of your comfort zone and find your strengths, um, particularly for students that may have weaknesses in other areas. Oh, and right. all of that information can be found um, on www.afterschoolalliance.org. Oh, that's perfect. Afterschoolalliance.org. Now, uh, got a, just a second here. I want I want each of you to give your pitch to that person out there who's listening. It's like, you know, I really would love to help these kids. This is our future. Tell that person right now how they can get involved and why they should. One at a time. Don't both jump. Well, in 4-H, we'd love for you to get involved as a volunteer um, in 4-H in your local community, and you can do that by going to 4-h.org, put in your zip code, and we'll show you where your local 4-H club or camp is. We'll send you to them, and you can find a way to give back right away. 
Wow. Okay, that's 4-h.org? Yes. Okay, perfect. Jody, what about you? Give me the pitch. I'm the person driving down the road. I'm listening to the Florida Roundtable, and I'm hearing about how these wonderful after-school and summer programs are helpful to our kids, and I'm thinking maybe I should get involved. Go ahead and bring them to the surface. Come on, get them uh, in. So, so, so as Jennifer said, um, we can always use volunteers, and that time commitment can be large or small, depending on who you are. So um, go to our website, www.afterschoolalliance.org, or to 4-H's website to find places where you can volunteer, but also use your voice. I think the more we talk about what's happening in after-school programs, the more we highlight it, the more we make particularly local educators, school boards aware of the fact that we want these programs in our community, the more likely we are to not only get them, but to expand them to reach more of our kids. Now, I think one of you mentioned also the go to your school board, go to uh, th- that situation there and say, hey, you know, I really love to, to have this program here. Was that correct? Go to your school boards? That was, that was right. I said that. This is Jody, because right now, um, any school district um, that is a Title I district, and so these are the kids that are least likely to have access to these programs, they have federal COVID dollars that can be used to partner with community-based organizations to provide these programs. Oh. So the school district could go to a 4-H, to a Boys and Girls Club, to YMCA, um, to actually try to build more programs for the kids that are not being served. Fantastic. So, again, information, 4-h.org or afterschoolalliance.org. Go to both of the websites. Volunteer your time. Jody Grant from uh, the After School Alliance, thank you so much for joining us. And Jennifer Sirangelo. Oh, my pleasure. Ah, there we go. And Jennifer Sirangelo from the 4-H, National 4-H Council, thank you as well for helping our kids and bringing this great information to the Florida Roundtable today. Thank you. Happy to be here. As a young teenage boy, I didn't even know what autism was. How do you even spell that? A few years later, I heard that a friend's cousin's son had been diagnosed with autism. I still wasn't sure what that really meant. When I went to college, my roommate's brother had autism. When I moved to the city for work, my best friend called me and told me his son had been diagnosed with autism. We were both in shock. I still remember the day I walked into the house and saw that look on my wife's face. I knew something was wrong. I'll never forget how I felt when she said, our son has autism. Autism is getting closer to home. Today, one in 88 children is diagnosed with autism. That's a 1,000% increase in the last 40 years. Learn more at autismspeaks.org signs. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Before we left the hospital, my daughter received her newborn hearing screening. It only took a couple of minutes, and it was a painless test. When our son was born, the doctors tested his heart and found out his blood oxygen levels were low. As a dad, nothing is more important than your child's health. It was that initial screening that led to her early identification of hearing loss. And as a result, we found out about our baby's rare condition, which allowed us to review treatment options quickly. Go to FloridaNewbornScreening.com to learn more. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. 
Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata. Growing up with a brother with autism, Sarah Kronk witnessed firsthand how kids with disabilities felt left out by their peers. It's why at the age of 15, Sarah approached her cheerleading coach with an idea to include girls with disabilities on her school's cheer team. Well, what started out as an inclusive high school cheer team in a small town in Iowa has led to what is now known as Sparkle Effect, a thriving nonprofit with over 180 cheer teams across the United States, bringing students with and without disabilities together through cheerleading. The result, more confidence, higher grades, and better school attendance for kids with disabilities. And for those without a disability, new friends and a greater empathy. You wanna learn more? Well, visit disabilitycampaign.org where we have posted a link to the fabulous work known as the Sparkle Effect. We're here early before they wake up. We stay late, we stay informed, we invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. We do this not because it's our job, but because this is about our veterans' lives. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. Imagine. Imagine being denied an apartment because of your religion, or your race, or because you have children, or a disability. It's so wrong. Yes, but who has the power to stop this? You do. Each of us has the power. The law is on your side. It's illegal for landlords to discriminate because of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, disability, or familial status. If you suspect that you have experienced housing discrimination, File a complaint with HUD immediately so we can investigate it. Fair housing is your right. Use it. To learn more, visit HUD.gov slash fair housing. That's HUD.gov slash fair housing. Or call 1-800-669-9777. 1-800-669-9777. A public service message from HUD in partnership with the National Fair Housing Alliance. It's the Florida Roundtable. How you doing today? Huh? I'm doing all right. Did you know this year an estimated 9,900 males in the United States will be diagnosed with testicular cancer? April is Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. Now, the rate has increased, uh, increased slowly lately, which is good. The incident rate for testicular cancer has been increasing, though, for decades. Let's talk to Dr. Wynn. Dr. Wynn, welcome to Florida Roundtable. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm all right. So tell us a little bit about, I know this is a personal subject for you. Could you explain to us why testicular cancer is so important to you? 
Um, yes, like you mentioned, it is a personal topic for myself because uh, my younger brother, he, he was diagnosed with testicular cancer about 10 years ago. So just a, you know, a little bit of background, um, testicular cancer, it, you know, it's a cancer that affects males because um, if you're not aware, testicles, it's a small organ that has to do with reproduction that's uh, located in the scrotum for males. And it usually affects uh, males of a younger age. It's actually the most common solid cancer for males that are age 15 to 35. So my brother was in his early 30s at this time, and like I said, it was about 10 years ago. And, you know, being that I'm a physician, I get a lot of, uh, you know, phone calls, texts from family members asking me for medical advice. And he, he texted me one, one day, and he showed me a picture of an ultrasound report, and I didn't know it was his at the time. And he's like, what do you think of this? I read it. It said suspicious mass in the right testicle. I was like, oh, yeah, that, that, that looks like it's cancer. And he goes, yeah, that's my report. Oh, no. And, you know, I just thought, oh, wow. Um, I've never had to deal with cancer of a family member. Um, good news is, though, that you know, because of um, his diligence with examining himself and noticing a lump that he went to the doctor, got that ultrasound, uh, was sent on to a surgeon. He, he had a surgery with treatment usually is um, to remove that testicle. And, you know, he went on to do well, and he and his wife have uh, two girls that are six and eight now. And he's uh, remained cancer-free. Oh, that's fantastic. So, now, I know this is tailored to a male host, and I'm going to ask the question anyway. How often should I get examined for testicular cancer? Never, right? But, guys, how often should the males out there in our community get tested for testicular cancer? So, like I mentioned, men between age 15 to 35 is the most common solid cancer. So once a male hits puberty, we would recommend that they check themselves uh, once a month. You know, get familiar with how the testicles feel. And if something feels off, you, some of the common signs would be a lump or swelling in that area. Oftentimes it doesn't cause any pain, so that's why it's important to do the self-exam because... Um, once you have pain, it might be more advanced. So once you feel that swelling or feel a lump, then, you know, notify your doctor right away. Get in, get checked, and they can send you for whatever tests need to be done, which usually would be you know, an ultrasound, which is just a sonogram, a non-invasive test that bounces sound waves off the organ, takes some pictures. Mm. So how often after experiencing any of these signs or symptoms should a guy see a doctor? So what I often tell my patients here at Optum is that I, we don't expect uh, patients to be able to diagnose themselves or understand what's going on. So the minute they feel something, I advise them, contact your primary care physician right away, get an appointment, have them take a look. You know, even if it's nothing, at least you get some reassurance. But if the doctor also shares the, uh, some concern, then they can send the patient for those appropriate tests. So I say, you know, immediately. Wow. Okay. Immediately. That is crazy. Now, I know a lot of people who say, oh, you know, I'm going to self-exam. We check the boys. Everything's good. You know, you're not a doctor. You're a doctor, Dr. Wynn. But I mean, the guys, you're not a doctor. So do you even know what they're looking for in a self-exam? Come on. You got, you've got to get out there and get it. Now, there's good news. There's good news about uh, testicular cancer. Can you share some of it with us? Yes. Uh the survival rate, so five-year 
uh, survival rate for testicular cancer is uh, 95%. So very good numbers, and this has to do with, you know, with early detection. So, again, going back to that importance of uh, the males doing those self-checks and contacting their doctors right away if they notice something that doesn't seem normal. Wow. Okay. All right. What tests and procedures, though, are involved in diagnosing testicular cancer? What do they actually do, the sonogram and all that? Could you explain it out for the layman terms? Just so, guys, I mean, you know how men are. They don't like to get exams. They don't like to go to the doctor. So paint us a pretty picture so maybe they'll go and get things checked out more often. Okay. So, yes, once the male notices some swelling or a lump in that area, they call their doctor. The doctor will likely want to examine too, and I, like you mentioned, we know that's a you know sensitive exam, but you know it is necessary in order to confirm uh, what's going on. Uh, once that's done, if the doctor feels that there is something that needs to be investigated, then like you mentioned, there's a test called ultrasound or sonograms, another name, which is not invasive, not painful. Uh, just a probe with some jelly that they'll put over the scrotum, and it bounces sound waves and grabs some pictures. And then a radiologist will read those films and give a report back to the doctor. So say that ultrasound does confirm there's a mass, then the patient will be referred to a, um, a specialist, um, usually a urologist. That is a doctor that specializes in those organs, and they would likely do a surgery assuming that this is detected early and it has no um, evidence of spread. So um, I get backing up a little bit. Uh, you may have some other tests like a chest X-ray, which is a picture of the lungs because that's one area where cancer can spread. So they can do your X-ray or a CAT scan of your lungs to make sure there's no involvement. Maybe a CAT scan of the abdomen could also spread there. If all those tests turn out clean, then the man would go see the urologist and uh, perform this surgery where they remove that one testicle. And then after that, it would just be a matter of um, surveillance, having regular checks to make sure that the cancer has not come back. Uh, like I mentioned, survival rates are very good, 95%, so men do really well. Uh, it doesn't seem to have an impact on their fertility. Like I said, my brother, he was able to go on and have uh, – two healthy daughters with his wife that are now six and eight years old. Oh, that's fantastic. So let's just talk real quickly about the signs and symptoms, what you should look for, um, a lump or an enlargement in either testicle, right? Um, maybe a yes. feeling of heaviness in the scrotum as well? Yes. Um, men can, may not always be pain, but, um, yes, a heavy feeling would be a common, common thing. And... Um, a lump or swan, these are the most common. Now, if the cancer has advanced, meaning that it may have spread to the abdomen or the lungs, then a male may come to the doctor and report, um, you know, cough, uh, shortens of breath, maybe pain in their abdomen or swelling in their abdomen. Mm -hmm. what but these are, these are more rare because uh, luckily we do detect the testicular cancer usually at early stages. Right, but if you're one of those late uh, bloomers and you don't want to go to the doctor, you start feeling pain or discomfort in a testicle or the scrotum or your boobies are tender, if your breasts are tender, guys, there's something going on and you need to get checked out. It's that simple. And they've made it pretty easy. Dr. Wynn's explaining it to you, courtesy of Optum, by the way. Where can we go for more information, Dr. Wynn? So for more information, um, you could always go to, uh, we have Florida 
www.optum.com. That's our organization's website. We have a lot of great material on there um, that are patient-friendly for more education on different health topics. Um, you can also consult the American Cancer Society, also a great resource for more information. Ah, oh, perfect. Dr. Wynn, thank you so much for enlightening us about testicular cancer while April is Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. Thanks so much for joining us on the Florida Roundtable today. All right. Thank you so much for having me. You have a great day. You too. Hey, sorry it was so hard to get in. I'm not sure what the problem was, but uh, I appreciate you very much. And this is very important information that we got out there. So thank you. All right. Thank you so much. You got it. Take care, Dr. Wynn. At any given moment, somewhere in America, a baby is taking a first step, a developmental milestone. But for too many parents, a baby's first steps aren't just a milestone, they're a miracle. These are the parents of babies who were born prematurely or with birth defects. It's a crisis affecting more than half a million babies in the United States each year. You can help them by joining volunteers like you who walk in March for Babies. The money you raise funds research and local programs that help babies overcome the challenges of premature birth and birth defects. Together, our steps make stronger, healthier babies a reality for thousands of families. Sign up today at marchforbabies.org to take the steps that help make milestones and even miracles possible. Who will you march for? We all play a role in keeping our community safe. Every day, we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our every day. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when something doesn't seem quite right that it's time to pay attention. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your every day. So protect your every day. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call the low-cost airline Travel Hotline now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. Call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. More than 56,000 distracted driving crashes happened last year in Florida. And sadly, more than 300 people involved in those crashes never made it home. Distracted driving puts everyone on the road in danger. The text can wait, put it down, and focus on driving. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. If your king or queen sago palms have been invaded by Asian cycad scale, it's time to fight back with Organic Summit Year-Round Spray Oil. It kills Asian cycad scale and other insect pests, but Summit Year-Round Spray Oil contains no chemical toxins. Insects don't build up a resistance to this horticultural oil, so it keeps working every time you spray. Summit Year-Round Spray Oil is available at fine garden centers and at summitresponsiblesolutions.com. 
Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. 800-398-0651-800-398-0651-800-398-0651. That's 800-398-0651. You know, it's no surprise that distracted driving is dangerous and far too commonplace. On our roads, our highways, it's crazy. According to the NHTSA, at any given moment during daylight hours, more than 350,000 drivers are actively holding a cell phone right to their ear while they're driving. Yeah, that's bad, guys. And we're going to talk right now with the Governor's Highway Safety Association and General Motors they're joining forces who we've got, Pam Shadell Fisher. She's the Senior Director of the External Engagement for GHSA. And Trisha Morrow, she's the Global Vehicular Safety Strategy Manager for General Motors. Welcome to the Florida Roundtable. Those are big titles, girls. They're a mouthful. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. We appreciate it. Yeah. So, Pam, uh, the Governor's Highway Safety Association, what... Uh, what, what do they suggest that the largest part of uh, distractive driving is brought on by? Well, I want to say that distracted, distracted driving isn't new, right? It's been yeah. around for a long time. So it's a, it's a multitude of things that are taking our focus off of the, the primary act of driving. So we commonly think first and foremost about cell phone use, texting, things like that. But it can be a whole litany of other things from eating and drinking and grooming to daydreaming, you know, looking at something that's taking your focus off the road to being stressed. So it's a whole combination of things. But I think most of us, when we think about this problem, we focus on the cell phone and what we're doing that is taking our concentration off the task of driving. Yes, and there has to be something many things that we can do to combat this problem. Um, Tricia, you're with the vehicle safety part of General Motors. What do you, uh, what are, what's the suggestions? How do we, how do we broach this subject and get it so that our people are not driving distracted? You know, at General Motors, we look at safety, you know, very holistically. We look at research, technology, and advocacy all working together to really try and combat risky driver behaviors on the road, including distraction. You know, from a research standpoint, we know things like uh, folks are six times more likely to get into a crash if they're actually texting on their phone while driving. And we know the safest way to drive is with your eyes on the road, hands on the wheel. That's why we've implemented technologies such as Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, which are really designed to use voice interactions to help keep drivers eyes on the road and hands on the wheel. We've also recently introduced Amazon Alexa, again, helping to use voice in vehicle. We also know from our research that there is a thing called the driver delusion. We know that uh, from a recent study we had, almost 90% of respondents indicate that although they admit to texting and driving or speeding, they still think that they are good drivers. 
And so from that three-pronged approach of, you know, research, technology, advocacy, you know, looking at the vehicle, the environment, and, and what we can do to the driver, it's so important that we can work with groups such as the GHSA to really help spread the word and change and drive behavioral change because it's only when people recognize that it's more than just cell phones, it's more than just texting, it can also be eating, reaching for objects, or even being stressed. You know, again, in that same research that we recently conducted, you know, folks indicated, a third of folks indicated that they've recently pulled over because they felt too emotional to drive. Again, just showing another way that stress driving can be distracted driving. And we all need to be cognizant of all distractions on the road in order to keep our roadways safe. That's Tricia Morrow. She's the Global Vehicle Safety Strategy Manager for General Motors. She's teamed up with Pam Shadell Fisher. She's the Senior Director of External Engagement for the Governor's Highway Safety Association. You know, the statistics are alarming. We've heard them. You look away an average as you're driving for about five seconds. You're going 55 miles an hour driving down the road. That's like being blindfolded the length of a football field, and yet most people think nothing of it. Now, we've been hearing, as Pam said, for a while, for years about distracted driving, and it's still a problem. It's actually grown to be worse of a problem. I see people doing crossword puzzles on their phone, have the phone in the middle of the steering wheel as they're driving down the road, and they think nothing of it. If anything, they give me side eye if I catch their eye. So how do we deal with this? How do, what do we need to do differently in order to make some progress on this horrible thing. Yeah, I think it, it really is about, you know, that the holistic approach. There's no silver bullet here. There's a variety of things that have to come into play. And I think we really do have to change the culture around this issue. First of all, we need drivers to understand that, you know, that focus on something else. What are they missing in terms of the driving that they should be doing? What are they not seeing that they can't take that necessary action to protect themselves and everyone else? So that's number one. You talked about, you know, driving blind, you know, the length of a football field. What can you miss on the road at that point? So that's number two, number one. It's really about educating the public about that. You know, I think it's also educating all of us and starting with kids at a very young age to say, you know, this is what it means to be a responsible driver, but also give them the tools to help them speak up. When they see a parent or a guardian or a grandparent or someone who's doing something distracting in the car say, hey, stop, you're making me feel unsafe. I don't feel comfortable. And so giving them the ability to do that and to really have those conversations so that parents, like, it's, an, it's kind of an aha moment, it's a wake up call. We need employers to join us in this effort to con convey to their employees that we want you to be 100% focused on safely operating your vehicles, coming to and from work or if you're driving for work purposes because we want you to be safe. There's an impact financially on the bottom line of employers when employees are involved in these crashes. So we want employers to join us as well. We need strong laws, that's important. States that have handheld cell phone bans have better compliance, we know that. And we only have about 13 states that have these laws in effect. Florida has a texting ban, but not a cell phone driving ban. So that's important. And we also need, because those, those are also important too from an enforcement perspective. We do need that high visibility enforcement out there. When people see those officers, they're more likely to put down the phone and do the right thing. But we need to also give officers the ability to make those stops because this is a dangerous, risky behavior that is claiming lives. 
so it's a it's a it's a multitude of things, and we're excited to partner with GM to focus on this, to include the technology piece in this, their expertise, their focus on zero like we are, and really work together to get everyone thinking about this and say, okay, it starts with me. I've got to do that, you know, kind of inventory of what I'm doing unsafely and really make a change. Where can our Florida Roundtable listeners go for more information, ladies? Well, I would direct them first to the Florida Department of Transportation's uh, safety office. You can find it by Googling their website. And Florida has a great program uh, that talks about Arrive Alive. And it's really focused on getting people to, you know, put down their phones and do other things that will protect them in their vehicles as well as outside the vehicle. GHSA.org is our website. You can go there for information. And I will toss it over to Tricia to talk about what GM has. Yeah, we would encourage listeners to go to gm.com under the vehicle safety section. There you'll find information on our most recent study on stress and what you can do to help combat it, including our new Scream It Out Challenge on TikTok. Uh, You'll also see lots of other information on risky driver behaviors, on teen driving, seatbelt use, and of course, on distraction. Pam Shadell Fisher and Trisha Morrow, thank you so much for bringing this important topic to the Florida Roundtable. And people, stop driving distracted. Learn, please learn, change that behavior. Ladies, thank you so much for coming on to the Florida Roundtable today. Thank you. Thank you. Is your bathroom looking old and worn out? Want to update it, but you don't know where to start? Then let BCI Bath & Shower show you how to turn that old bath into an aisle of beauty and functionality. Our residential bathroom solutions provide the best value on the market, and our customer service is second to none. Our cost-effective BCI Bath & Shower family of products has what you need. Remodeling our bathroom was a big decision for us. They didn't make a mess out of our house at all. And at the end of the day, we had a beautiful new bathroom. And it was a great experience the whole way through. We have the best monthly payment programs in the industry with payments as low as $68 per month or no interest, no payments for 18 months. That's right. Get the bathroom of your dreams now and pay for it in 2022. Call 1-800-961-7639 for a free no-obligation price quote. That's 1-800-961-7639. When you want quality bathroom products at a great price, it's got to be BCI Bath & Shower. That's 1-800-961-7639. Ever wonder what's wrong with the world? Everywhere we turn, violence, political strife, wars, racism, and sexual sin, on and on. Why is it that we can't seem to get our act together? Well, the third chapter of the Bible offers an explanation that you may have heard before, but you probably don't realize the scope of what happened. When Adam and Eve chose to disobey God, that one choice had devastating consequences. Paradise was lost, and even worse, man's original sin had long-term negative consequences. You see, our broken world is an outward symptom of the sin that lives in each of our hearts, including mine and yours. But I have wonderful news. Jesus came to save us from our sins, to offer forgiveness and abundant lives now, and hope for the future, that one day he will fix all that's broken and evil in this world. You don't want to miss it. This is Brian Wright, hoping you'll trust in Jesus, speaking right from my heart. For more on this and other topics, visit rightfromtheheart.org. Shortness of breath, patients confused, temp 102. He just had an infection. What's going on? It's becoming septic. Antibiotics started. Bed ready, let's move him. Infections can lead to a deadly chain reaction in your body called sepsis. Very quickly, sepsis can cause tissue damage, organ failure, and even death. If you know the risks, 
can spot the symptoms and act fast, then you can get ahead of sepsis. Learn more at cdc.gov sepsis. My muscles ached. I was tired all the time. My son had a full-blown asthma attack. It came out of nowhere. The unsettling thing about some symptoms is... I had a fever and these terrible headaches. You don't always know what's causing them. It was Lyme disease from a tick bite. I had Zika virus from a mosquito. He had a reaction to cockroach allergens. Threats to your health can come from unexpected places. Get the facts. Visit pestworld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association. It's Melissa Fox. Thank you so much for listening each week to the Florida Roundtable. As it is Easter weekend, he has risen. As the world sings triumphant cries to heaven over the death that you conquered, help us, Lord, tomorrow as well. When the dresses are put away and the candy is all eaten and on with life we go, let us not forget. The celebration of your resurrection over death is a celebration of life that should continue well beyond the sunrise service and the music rehearsed for days prior. It is beyond the sign of spring, beyond the lily, beyond new lambs grazing in open fields. Resurrection is a daily celebration over fear, man's greatest and most powerful enemy. Fear of tomorrow, fear of our yesterdays, fear of what shall become of our young, our old, our unborn. Resurrection is replacing fear with physical action. This alone, the most touching and profound of your signs that fear is dead and belief in you brings not just hope, but life. What better living parable could you have brought? All fear death, all, even in the garden, you took on our fear, if only for moments. It was as real as our fears can be, and you knew then that this single enemy must be destroyed. And you, God, sacrificed your life, leaving those who had been comfort and follower. You left them behind to conquer fear. I shall cling to this now, and tomorrow's given me. Peace and thanksgiving lifted unto you. Amen. Have a blessed holiday weekend. You've been listening to the Florida Roundtable, a news and public affairs presentation of the Florida News Network. The views and opinions expressed during this program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of this station's management, ownership, or sponsors. For questions or comments, write to Florida Roundtable at fnnonline.net.